You got it. Hi there. My name is Alana Mallon. And I'm Sambal Siddiqui. And we are two new Cambridge City Counselors. And this is our podcast, Women Are Here. Hello. 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 We um, sometimes, we somehow always experience some kind of technical difficulties, even though we've been doing this for like <laughs> eight months. We're like, what button do we push? So sorry about the rough start there, everyone. But we are here. Uh, we did take a few weeks off from podcasting, but let's catch everyone up. We have a lot to talk about. First, Sumble, I did tweet at you late last night that our favorite show, Insecure, is back for season three. And I rewatched the last show from season two last night just to refresh my memory because I was afraid. It was like a year ago. And I was afraid that I was going to forget like what had happened. And I remembered how much I love that show. It's so funny. It's so funny and so heartwarming. And like, I, I just love it. Yeah, I really love it because... It's just true to my life in some ways. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, about a young um, group of women, specifically like two best friends. and Molly mm-hmm. and Issa. Mm-hmm. And Issa Rae is just phenomenal. She's so good. And um, she doesn't do as much rapping in like season two as she did in season one. I want that to come back for season yeah. three. She was so good at that. She's so talented. So the, the show's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Go. Um, I don't have a password. to. St- <laughs> I, I'm using my friends, brothers. <laughs> sister's password <laughs> right now but uh so i can't share it but uh, i hope you can find a way to watch it well i think that you love it because it's, a, it's about friendship and you love shows about friendship and i usually love shows about serial killers but i do love this one because molly and Issa and their other surrounding friends it's always about them lifting each other up but also calling each others out on their like BS. Right. Because they've been friends for so long and they can be like a lot of side eye about what people are doing. And it's just beautiful. I mean, Mo- Molly and Issa, just the last show, just some of their conversations, I was like, yes, this is what women, this is what we need. This is right. How to keep Honesty, us- you know, and it's honesty and friendship is very, very important. I think it's it, it takes work to find friendships where you – you know, someone can be very honest with you and call you out on whatever you're doing. And um, so, yeah, that is you're, you're absolutely right. That's why I really love the show. It is about friendship. I wish I had all my friends gear on right now. But <laughs> <laughs> actually, we so I was with my kids last week and we were talking about the show Friends for some reason. And my daughter was like, that's Sumble's favorite show. <laughs> I was like, God, I think everyone knows now. Yeah, Jasper knows me well. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I will watch that this weekend for sure. So and then we will recap. But it's called Insecure. It's on HBO, and you should totally check it. Definitely out. Definitely watch it. So it's also the last week to see Dark Room at the Multicultural Arts Center. Um, so tonight, Thursday. So it, today is Thursday. It feels like a Wednesday. I know. Um, it's the last night, and tickets can be purchased at Darkroom. dot Eventbrite. dot com. We saw it on Preview Night, July. I think that was 27th, 28th. Maybe. Yeah, it was that. It was a Friday, Friday night. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really enjoyed it. Um, it was such an interesting use of the space, the balcony, the windows, the actors, actresses. It was because all women. Except for there was the one guy. Yeah. Who we actually ended up knowing. It was Michael Monastein from the Cambridge or the Central Square Business Association. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, they use a different male. But he doesn't speak. Yeah. And. He was outside of the theater, which was so interesting. So, like, using that space um, for that particular performance was so great. And having done some of the research, like, from when Olivia was on, it was just great to kind of have that background of, like, understanding these photographs and where she was coming from. And seeing it on preview night, you know, it was the first time anyone had seen it. So it was kind of fun to be there, like, as they were learning, too. Yeah, yeah. So I I hope – I think they've had a great run. So I hope – 
uh, they their last show goes well tonight. And go see it if you um, are listening to this podcast on a Thursday. So we have a lot of topics to cover today, and they're kind of a hodgepodge. But you know, we'll start with I like um, a good hodgepodge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's you know, it's time for that. It's, it's been a summer. while. So there was a public safety meeting on August seventh to discuss gun violence in the Cambridge Police Department Task Force. Uh, we found out that 11 weeks leading up to the task force formation, there were about nine incidents in the port. And eight weeks since the task force has been initiated and implemented, there have been three, uh, unfortunately, including two early this morning at 2.07 a.m. There was a shot spotter activation for two gunshots, and it was uh, in the area of 62 Columbia Street, and our officers responded and searched right away. Uh, and there's actually another gunshot um, nearby. And, you know, uh, luckily we, the suspect was located and um, has been arrested. And uh, the gentleman's from Revere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really unfortunate. He's a young man who was uh, arrested, but our, our task force was very much there right away. And, you know, it's interesting. We got to meet the task force last night. Yes. Um, the the police officers that are part of the task force that have been working so hard every single day to try to decrease the amount of gun violence in the port area. And um, we were just discussing with them that they're off at 2 o'clock in the morning. And so I, f- I find it very interesting that the shots were fired at 2.07. Yeah. So it's almost like folks know that our officers are off duty at 2 o'clock. Um, but luckily they were in the area and it's a true testament to our police force that they were able to apprehend a suspect last night. And the fact that the city has really made this effort to ensure the safety in the port and that there are officers in the area and we are able to make these arrests. Yeah. So I think it's been. So kudos to the task force. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. The walk was really nice. I went to the one in July. Mm -hmm. um, The peace walk. The peace walk. And last night, you know, there was a good turnout. Definitely a good turnout. It was so hot. It was, and it was a longer walk. It was. I felt yeah. like I was getting punked a little bit. Same. <laughs> like the, the police officer in the front was like, okay, left, right. And I was like, what? Where are we? How? <laughs> I definitely like got lost. And Did you get lost? I just started talking to constituents and folks. Oh. And then I just like, I, t- I think I texted you. <laughs> you I said, where, I don't know where you guys are. And then I saw like, I, so I got to, you know, slower, slowly walk. But it was a lot of walking for me because I was in, in sneakers. Right, uh, yeah. You had two shoes on last two night, which shoes. many, many people commented on. Yeah, so I'm really happy to report that I'm now wearing regular shoes. And uh, today is actually five months since I fell. Um, <laughs> I was like, why do you keep bringing this up? I was. I actually thought we were going to go a whole <laughs> podcast without talking about your foot. But um, apparently that's yeah, never no, going to no. happen. It's, it's going to be part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like next summer, you're going to be like, it's been 17 months since I fell. <laughs> You know that's right. Yeah. So anyway, thank you to everyone, especially um, Alana, for being on the journey uh, with me. There was another public safety meeting I attended, which was related to bike theft. And I learned a lot that I didn't know about. So if your bike is stolen, you can file a report with the Cambridge. Is this a rampant problem? It is. Okay, so talk to me about some data or some numbers. I I don't remember the numbers. I'm sorry. Is it like five or No, it's like over 100. Oh, like a year? A year. So still like not, but compared to other larceny theft, it's definitely, it's it's up there. Pretty common. Okay. Um, 
but it's common because for several reasons i think it's a an education of you know people leaving their bikes unlocked and leaving oh, so it on porches okay, okay, okay. Um, not taking the enough precaution i see and so uh i definitely like in our neighborhood bikes get stolen out of the garage during the day right because like, you're like well it's in my garage i'm just gonna leave it unlocked no no i mean these bikes can are you know four or five hundred bucks six hundred they can bring they can be very expensive yeah. so people want to steal them uh and so if your bike is stolen file a report with the cambridge police department you can Going in person at 125 6th Street. You can also call the non-emergency line, 617-349-3300. You know, this came up during the meeting, and Lisa Peterson actually mentioned it. She realized, you know, after her bikes were stolen, I think she's had two stolen, she didn't have pictures of the bike. And so... I don't have pictures of my bike. Right, So, uh, you know, PSA to everyone listening. Take a picture of your bike. To 10 people listening. Um... (laughs) do the pictures take a picture of the serial number and pictures uh and so you know that'll really help go a long way and you can also post the bike as stolen and bike sections on craigslist on social media uh you know they, the police do say do not attempt to recover the bike on your own good uh, advice yeah super good advice uh also you can potentially file a claim with your renter or homeowner's insurance company sometimes bike theft is covered uh, and so, you know, you can also, if you if you think your bike may have been recovered and could be in the police department's possession, you can fill out a report uh, with the property and evidence unit, and they'll they'll potentially make a match. Do they talk about how many bikes are in like that we're storing right now? I'm so curious. I didn't ask. I should have. Be, that didn't come up, but that's a great question. I would love to know. Is it like a thousand bikes in there, and then what do they do with them? And yeah, yeah, I think. Um, they definitely try to. They've been able to definitely get bike, stolen bikes home, um, home, but it's it doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know you can also register your bikes with the national registry bike and um, re- national bike registry. That's nationalbikeregistry.com dot com um, slash register. So you know make sure you you know you you do these things. So definitely the, the biggest thing I can tell you though is take that picture. Of your bike. And the serial number, which yes. I didn't even think about as a thing. It is a thing. Okay. Is the city of Cambridge going to do some kind of like tweeting or? I don't. like a good thing I, to like a PSA. Yeah, I think to do. they've done a good job just dedicating resources to it. So I think the chair of the committee, Craig, had personal experience and he was pretty upset. <laughs> it was kind of a therapy session for him. Like oh, okay. he was really much upset about his own bike being his stolen. own bike doesn't his stolen. bike say his name all over it yeah i think it was his son's bike oh, it wasn't, I wasn't you know. okay. but i think our you know commissioner bard was there and he said you know their efforts you know are pretty consistent and um they are allocating a good amount of resources to to this all right time. well um thank you for the public safety you're so welcome committee meetings updates um because i'm not on that committee but i do like to know what happens that's why i'm here <laughs> um okay so another thing that we would love to update you guys on is uh, at the city council meeting, the last, the summer meeting, one of the big things that we talked about was the climate safety petition. And so just to give everybody a little bit of a recap, um, the climate safety petition was filed several months ago by a group of um, concerned residents that the city wasn't doing enough to protect um, our residents and development against the coming climate change. Uh, So, we had an ordinance committee hearing about it. The planning board had a, a meeting about it. And then it came up on the agenda um, for our summer meeting. 
and there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of public comment. Um, so just to give everybody a little bit of a recap, uh, all nine city councilors, the planning board, community development, and maybe most importantly, the petitioners themselves all indicated that the Brown petition should not be passed as written. So the question was never about should or shouldn't it pass, but the question was about what procedural steps should we take for it not to pass. Um, one option was to keep the petition in the ordinance committee and let it expire on September, September 25th. Uh, one option was to pass the petition to a second reading, which would have kept the petition alive. And another option was to vote to not send it to a second reading and then the petition would then be killed which is a terrible term and I think everyone felt really bad about using it and then I feel like Councillor Simmons had a a better expression which was to let it sunset instead of killing it. Um, you and I both chose to not send it to a second reading and so the question was raised that if we took a negative action it would mean that no environmental protections in the Brown petition could be passed for two years. According to our city's solicitor this isn't the case. So what is precluded is the same petitioners bringing forward the petition that is substantially the same as the Brown petition. So according to our city solicitor, we are not precluded from moving forward with the environment, environmental protections in Brown because the petition was voted down. So, Yeah, and you know, regarding timing, uh, Mike Johnston, the director of the Cambridge Housing Authority, sent an email that day that stated... However, because the BZA did not could not grant relief from the Brown petition, the Millers River project continues to proceed with risk, specifically given that the Brown petition remains outstanding or could reemerge as a revised petition. There continues to be uncertainty for the project that could impede the project's ability to meet the financing requirements established by the equity investor and lender, and as a result, jeopardize the project's ability to meet the December 28 deadline to close on the financing. And so I think- Which was close, like it was almost $100 million. Yeah, yeah. And it was a lot. A lot. And, you know, I was really caught at the word outstanding. And so um, for those of you who don't know, the Millers River Project relates to 300 units of low-income housing for seniors and the disabled. You know, the building's really in in dis- desperate, desperate need desperate of renovation. Rate. And so the if the petition remained outstanding, this much-needed development was at risk of not getting its financing. So, you know, uh, although the Brown petition would have impacted multiple projects, there was a big sense of urgency regarding this one. Um, and it was all about the risk level information we had at the time. I think looking back, you know, I did speak to Mike Johnson after the fact, and you know, I, I think if I had a better understanding of the schedule and if I knew at that meeting that between now and September 25th, it would have made no impact, you know, and it, we could have just let it stay in the committee and then, you know, make sure that the petition, I mean, the petitioners had said they would not be bringing it back until um, the the Millers River got their permit by December 2018. You know, I think i you know, I, I really may have just let it stay in committee. Um, but at that time, I didn't have that information. And, and you know, it, it was about the risk level. And I decided based on these conversations, based on what I knew and the, and the word outstanding, that it was best to, to really be, uh, take precaution in that. Well, especially since the petitioners themselves said that exactly it, it wasn't going to move forward and yeah. be passed as written. Yeah. Um, so for me... I think you also said this during the meeting, to take that risk and knowing that it's never going to get passed as written 
to take a risk on a $100 million right. low-income elderly renovation project that has been in the works for a long time and is desperately needed. And these, you know, these residents, they're, they're moving out. Like, it is in process that I couldn't risk that. Yeah. I couldn't risk that money because, as you know, there's not a lot of federal dollars out there for for public housing right now. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I, it's someone who's grown up there in CHA housing and housing co-chair. It just, it wasn't, it, you know, it was a, it, it's a really difficult thing when you're presented with that. Um, and, you know, the vote, the council also voted to create a task force that would include the authors of the petition um, and it's going to look at what's being addressed by the city and the issues raised in the Brown petition, and we'll report back with recommendations on enhancing environmental, environmental protections within 90 days. So I think we are, we're making progress. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's something that I had suggested at the original ordinance committee meeting was that the, you know, the petition right. itself was very broad and undefined, and it was probably not going to pass as written. But it would be great to get everybody around the same table to right. talk about what the city's already doing, to sit with developers and sit with these interested, very, very passionate residents who really want to have this conversation, but make sure that everybody's around the table and talking about th- these risks. Exactly. And um, and what are acceptable risks and, and where we would need to move forward. I feel like the other thing for me was we had gotten a memo from the community development department that day that lined up everything that was in the Brown petition with what the city is actually already doing. Right. And it made me feel more comfortable that um, we are moving forward on, we are either doing a lot of these things or moving forward on a lot of these things, um, either with the Vision Alewife that is wrapping up in December or the climate preparedness report, you know, some of the findings from there. So, you know, there's, you know, flood protection elevations, you know, the DPW provides guidance to applicants based on the 2070 10-year flood and 100-year flood elevations. So this is already happening. The stormwater plan requirement, um, the stormwater plan currently required under zoning and DPW stormwater regulations for special permit developments, the climate prote- preparedness report um, has is evaluating the options to integrate future pre- precipitation rates into requirements. So, you know, having this lined up, Line for line on right. item for item for me made it made me feel more comfortable moving forward with Councillor Toomey's suggestion to put together um, a group of people to look at this and and know that some like we're not abandoning climate change preparedness. We're just simply saying there are things that we're already doing. There are things that are going to come out of the Envision um, Cambridge process, and we need to really make sure that everyone's on the same page because everybody wants. The mm-hmm. same thing, right? Yeah. We all want to have climate-resistant buildings. We want to make sure that we're not building unsafe unsafe structures, and um, especially for, you know, a lot of people talked about that night. We don't want to place folks who are low-income into buildings that are, are not climate-ready. Right, exactly. So, I, you know, I'm looking forward to working on this issue, and, um, you know, I think... I think we will definitely make progress. And uh, you told I've I've met with the petitioners and I've said, look, if two other people from your group want to come up with a petition, right? It's not you guys. And you, you know, you want to take parts of this, what was submitted, what everyone agreed were good things. And as long as, you know, you're not word for word, everything is the same. I think that would, that'd be okay. You know? And I think, um, you know, it, it is going to require the working together and making sure we don't have a situation where everyone going into it already says, oh, we know this is not as written, you know, we're not going to be able to pass it. You know, it kind of all, it's letting it, you know, go that way. 
It also, I would have to say, I just had this conversation um, where I was talking about the Central Square arts overlay, right? Mm. And based on the amount of things that are on the plate of our community development department, including this petition, it's on the back burner, right? It's something that they're not, because they've had to spend so much time responding to and working on, it is difficult for me when a petition comes forward like this from, you know, 10 residents, 20 residents, whatever the number, that's going to tie up our CDD and planning board where as a city councilor, the thing that I want to do is actually in the back of the bus. Yeah. So I think this having this group get together and really collaboratively talk about what we can do is the best possible outcome from that whole process. I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm glad that that part's moving forward. And I, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So th- that's our climate change piece. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Peace no, out. we have more to talk about. Yeah, no, uh, we, we have. In an other sexy municipal government news, oh, we the are surveillance ordinance. ordinance. <laughs> Yeah, that's look sexy, at our life, sexy stuff. <laughs> really, so uh, you know, I there was a meeting on Monday night, uh, and it was about this surveillance ordinance that has been in the works for a few years now, uh, and we're getting close. It's taking a long time. <laughs> it's taking a long time. So the most significant areas of disagreement are the ACLU suggestion that the city council have the ultimate ultimate authority to approve or disapprove the acquisition and the use of certain surveillance technologies notwithstanding the position of the police commissioner and or the city manager that such surveillance technologies are needed for the investigatory and prosecutorial, I can't speak, function. There was so many like big words (laughs) all together. It's too many. Why did I do that? Just cross them out. So basically, this is just, the ACLU is saying the city council should have oversight and that the police commissioner and the city manager can't just buy a bunch of stuff and put it out there without us knowing about it and approving it and having to answer to the taxpayers and and residents. And the city solicitor has said that this could potentially run afoul of the city's planning charter as the issues appear to relate more to operational issues and the city's manager's discretion to make such decisions than to the broad policy-making role of the city council. So other cities and towns have surveillance ordinances. Yeah. And they, I'm assuming that the ACLU has also offered this as some advice and mm-hmm. other cities and towns have taken that advice. I think so. I think in Oakland, I, I think this, I mean, I should have, I, I, I think I have a whole pile of research on this. Um, I think Oakland, the mayor has this. I think a lot of governments don't have E. Of course, yeah. Right? So I think uh, it's less clear. But I think m- most most of the, what the ACLU wants is to have the city councils to have the power. Okay. Unless there's a strong mayor system. Yeah. And then it's the it mayor's seems, responsibility? Uh, I don't quote us on that, you know. Okay. <laughs> we, we look, and so that, I think, I, I, what I want from that conversation on Monday is just you know, I understand that we have Plan E, and so I understand where we wouldn't be able to, you know, approve or disapprove. But we do have other mechanisms. You know, it does come before us uh, to spend the money. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, I, I asked for clarity on that uh, during the meeting because mm-hmm. I'm really kind of confused. Uh, so I think they're going to go back and. And work it out. Work it out. And then another thing is 
this issue with enforcement, which discusses discusses the ACLU's request for the ordinance to provide a private cause of action so that individuals could sue not only the city, but both elected and appointed officials for violations of the ordinance, including the award of attorney's fees um, and would provide for whistleblower protection. So there were a lot of amendments on the table related to this um, that came up that were discussed. Uh, you know, I think the from the city's end, they believe there's already sufficient remedies available to members of the public who may be injured by the violation of the ordinance. Um, and their point is that the remedies suggested by the ACLU present conflict of interests uh, with laws governing liability of public employers and employees. So these issues are still at the table, and I think we've we've asked um, the city solicitor to go back and clarify some of the language, get back to us on that. So I think these are the big sticking points. We tried to get into it Monday night, but it was just a lot of back and forth about some of the wording and some of the... And I, I have to say, I think it, there's some parts that just explaining things can be a little bit more clear because, you know, lawyers have written the ordinance and it's mm-hmm. not... Not that easy to understand. Well, I did find out at our last council meeting that we have three attorneys um, on the city council, right? Yeah. Oh, the you, fr- yes, Craig, and who is the third one? No, it's just us two. It's just the two of you. Yeah, and you know, Craig keeps saying he's an attorney, but no, I'm just kidding. He is an attorney, but you have to be practicing law too. Oh. I think his membership is, you know, you have to have a be registered with a board of bar overseers. Okay, well, I'm not an attorney. I'm just going to throw it, it out there right now. I'm really not like... practicing. I yeah. didn't <laughs> go to law it's school. A, and even I've gone to law school and this stuff is very much over my head. So, so you said you're going to be meeting with Katie Crawford at the ACLU yeah. to t- discuss this b- more before it comes back. To us again, yeah. And yeah. really kind of understand the the ACLU, ACLU's point of view. And, and like, I want to know if I... It's, you know, the way I'm, I'm looking at this, can I be sued personally? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we have right now, no. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, good, because I don't, I mean, I don't have anything. I have the aforementioned bike, which is in my garage. It is locked up, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, Mayor, Vice Mayor Dever made a great point. She was like, you know, do we even have the expertise to, as city councilors of like, what are we approving or not, you know, like, right? right? Like, right. I, it's kind of like, do we... I get it. It's, you know, it's such an important public policy issue, but we we should get some training on mm-hmm. surveillance and and what technologies look like. I mean, I don't know much about this area, so of law and of what cities do and what East Cambridge is so different too from other communities. I think we've we've been really collaborating, working with ACLU. Our commissioner has been on this, uh, but there is a lot of I, I you know there's a lot I need to get up to speed on on this issue. All right, cool. Well, stay tuned on that, everybody. Um, we do. We actually have an ordinance committee meeting this afternoon yeah. about um, a proposed overlay district on New Street, which is behind like Whole Foods and Apple Cinemas um, at the Fresh Pond Rotary. Um, they would like to put a self-storage facility where Evolve Fitness is currently. So we will be looking at that today and... Um, we will report back hopefully next week and let you know kind of what happened at the meeting. But so stay tuned on that. We have received about 5,000 emails um, about people who would really um, prefer not to see that happen. And then um, a bunch from people who are supportive. So stay tuned on that. 
Um, can we talk about bird scooters? Bird scooters. So uh, we've also received daily emails about this. And they all have the same body of the email and all the same subject line. It's... I love bird. I, lo- I love bird in Cambridge. Um, I I respond to every email that comes in except for when yes. it is just a click click here and send it. So, you know, if if you're... And I do respond personally every time with, a, a th- you know, my thoughts. So um, I'm happy to send you a response. <laughs> if you if you really love bird scooters and you want to tell me why, I love that. But um, it just looks like a lot of pe- these people are just kind of clicking. and but Because it's in the app. So if you download and have the app, like you can press send an email to my... It's, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this company, Bird, dropped their scooters on the streets of Cambridge, Somerville, and Boston late last month with no communication and no agreement with city leadership to allow the scooters to be deployed here. Um, you know, and it seems to be their MO. They drop them, have the city freak out, direct a major email campaign to city council, uh, you know, uh, with what we've said. And then they enter into discussions with the city around regulations. And so Cambridge uh, actually issued a cease and desist on August 1st and started picking up the scooters. I saw it happen firsthand uh, by DPW. Uh, but there are people who keep snap pics and putting them on social media. Um, and it's no question that people love the, these birds, but we do need to have some regulations around them and other cities and towns like San Francisco, Nashville, that we can work from. And so Vice Mayor Devereaux has scheduled a transportation committee hearing on September 12th at 1. And we're looking forward to that. Yeah, totally. So if you're if you're interested, I went down a rabbit hole on Instagram yesterday following um, at Bird Graveyard, which seems to be based out of <laughs> Santa Monica, where people submit pictures and videos of bird scooters thrown in trash cans, getting set on fire, thrown into the ocean. So all kinds of stuff. So they really seem to hate those scooters in Santa Monica. Um, but I will say when we were in D.C. for the National League of Cities, they were there. We saw tons of people using them. Um, you know, they also... D.C. also has Capital Bikes, which is their kind of um, hubway, or now Blue Bikes, um, plus a few dockless options. Uh, and then Uber and Lyft aside, the, you know, the ubiquitous red Capital cabs. So they ha- they seem to have a good handle on how to handle the many multimodal options in a way that seems like everything in moderation. That really struck me while we were there. So I'm interested in more multimodal transportation, and those scooters looked really fun. And interestingly, um, in just kind of researching this, women use them more than men. Um, So according to a Wired Magazine article from July this year, they stated more women reported a positive perception of scooters, 72%, than men, 67%. And data also indicates that women might be adopting e-scooters more quickly than they have bike sharing. And that may surprise researchers who spent decades tracking the gender gap among cyclists, which shows men are much more likely to use bikes as a transportation option than women. So... Lots to think about. I'm glad that the vice mayor is holding a committee hearing on this so quickly because I look forward to having that conversation and trying to figure this out. We should, when they're legal, we should go scooting together. I have to say, I do have a bike and I do ride my bike, but like a lot of times I'm wearing a skirt or right. I have a lot of bags with me. You've seen me like walking around with mm-hmm. like 12 bags. Bag lady. I'm bag lady. And so it's really hard to do on a bike. And uh, seeing those scooters, I'm like, oh, I could totally do that on wearing like a skirt and carrying my bunch of bags. I'm going to have to like wear knee pads and like. That will be so funny. <laughs> and like helmet. And, We're gonna, and I'm going to GoPro that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> See that happen. 
Um, and so, yeah, so that's coming up. We'll see you all there. Yeah. Um, and something else exciting that's happening, uh, Central Square. First of all, have you seen the new Central Square sign? Yes, it I love so it. It's so good. It's um, uh, where the old Blockbuster used to be. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Many, many Friday nights wandering around that store. Um, so that's on the corner of Mass Ave and Norfolk Street, I think. Yeah. And it looks amazing. It's in Central Square. And now you really feel like you're in Central Square in the cultural district. So tonight, the Central Square Business Association is having a Central Square mural project kickoff. This is the most exciting project. I'm so happy that this is finally happening. Um, there are going to be 10 large-scale murals all in and around Central Square. One of the sites is the Green Street Garage and the Central Square Library Branch, which is in desperate need of some beautification. So from their website, uh, the Central Square Mural Project pays homage to Central Square's past, present, and future with support from the business community, property owners, residents, and students. A partnership between the CSBA, MIT, Cambridge Arts Council, and the New England Open Markets, the mural campaign will celebrate Central Square, the local creative economy, equity, inclusion, and social and environmental justice. Iconic and easily spotted buildings are the canvases, including the Gas and Light Building, the Barron Building, the Green Street Garage, a wall overlooking Lafayette Square, and the Central Square Library, to name a few. Um, so this is going to be a really exciting kickoff tonight. People are psyched about this. So they had to close the Eventbrite at 150 people. Wow. And it closed like last week. It's tonight. So this is something that I think a lot of people are really excited about, a lot of um, interest in it. And it's the perfect time to be doing this and to really thinking about Central Square and what it means to be an artist here in Cambridge, but specifically in our cultural district as we're redesignating Central Square as a, a cultural district. So I've been talking to Michael Monasteem at the CSBA about this since last fall. And it's so amazing to see it all to come together. Uh, so I, we will fill you on on that next week and I will tweet out the information. But some of the muralists, their past murals are so gorgeous. I cannot wait. This is this is great. It's great. I can't wait. I, I can't wait. Um, yes, art. Yay, art. And then uh, just a shout out. I am going to be chairing a artist task force. Oh, on yes. The future of Arts in Cambridge. And um, the submission for artists is due August 31st. So if you're interested in being part of the artist or the arts task force, um, I will post the link again on Twitter. But I would love if you could apply or, you know, share it just to make sure we're reaching um, the number of people possible um, to get this up and running. So that'll be, that's exciting. So glad you're doing that. Yeah. So another event coming up is a back to school supplies drive by the amazing Tutoring Plus. Yay, I love them. So next Tuesday, stop by after work and donate some school supplies for some Cambridge kids in need. So bring notebooks, folders, pens, pencils, pencil sharpeners, erasers, or a few bucks. Uh, there's going to be food and everything. The drive is being held at Revolution Capital in Central Square, 649 Massachusetts Avenue, Suite 6. So if you can't stop by and you'd like to donate or you have some supplies or, or some bucks to donate, you can email Amy at amy at revolutioncapital.net. And just a little bit, a little bit about Tutoring Plus because they are one of my favorites here in Cambridge. If you don't know about this amazing organization and its incredible executive uh, director, Catherine Fenneman, Tutoring, tutoring Plus is a grassroots nonprofit whose staff and volunteers have been providing tutoring for after-school programs for free to the fabulous kids of Cambridge for 54 years. So they actually have a program 
a tutoring program that happens right in the Ringe Towers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's incredible. They go right to where people live. They serve dinner. They provide tutoring. It's a huge, hugely impactful organization that operates on a shoestring budget with an amazing ED. So if you have school supplies for these kids, drop them off on Tuesday um, or message us because we're going to plan to stop by with some stuff yeah. and we can happy to bring some stuff with us. I miss doing that. You have kids, so you can do that. But like, you want to go back to school shopping with me? I just, I kind of do. I mean, we can go to Target this weekend. <laughs> okay, Target. Uh, I lo- that was just I loved doing that. Like the pencil boxes, the pencils, the thing. I mean, I did it for more so for college and like you know, oh, okay. all, you know, that right. sounds boring though. Yeah, but, but it was you just can't get unicorn erasers. And oh, whatever. yeah, you can. You didn't. Okay. You didn't see the notebooks I had. <laughs> Yeah, and my I'm getting pencils. like an L Woods legally yeah. blonde situation. Uh, trapper, trapper keeper <laughs> with like all these stickers. Anyway, so let's do that. Yeah, totally. I'm happy to take. We'll Jasper. take Jasper with us. It'll yes, be so good. yes. Uh, so we will remind you next week, but on Saturday, August 25th, from um, 11 to 3 p.m., there will be a block party at Green Rose Heritage Park at 55 Harvard Street, One, and it's 155 Harvard Street. Yeah. Okay. 155, yeah. Uh, and it's hosted by Margaret Fuller House. Um, and it's gonna. there's going to be food, there's going to be music, and you can even volunteer. You can call 617-547-4680. Uh, and food dishes are welcome. There will be some food, but... I actually love that park. Yeah. Um, it's right on Harvard Street in between Harvard and Broadway. It's a huge park. It's got a beautiful, like play area and splash park i think it's a it's gonna be a great place for a block party yeah i'm out of town for a wedding but you should go another wedding yeah and then i have a wedding after that so many so many and going broke uh so also lastly if you are interested in starting a business uh there is a free 10-week business planning class for cambridge residents and business owners and you can call 617-349-4654 to learn more, uh, the deadline to register for the class is September 14th. Uh, and the first step uh, is to take a class called Is Entrepreneurship Right for You at 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, September 5th. And then you can apply for the 10-week course by the deadline. So you should definitely do it. Uh, you know, if I had the time, I'd want to do it. Because uh, you want to start a business. You know, sometimes. Just, you know, like a, you, have, you have free time? or Yeah, you know, this is <laughs> my free time. Uh, so you should definitely check it out and let us know if you want information. Yeah. Okay, cool. That was like a lot. We did. That was There's so it much was information. was a hodgepodge. Yeah. Well, it's been three weeks or something. Has it? I think so. Ooh. So we had a lot to cover. I think we could have talked even more, but, you know, maybe well, you've fallen asleep by now. Well, we could talk more about Insecure, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that next yeah, week. Yeah, next week for sure. <laughs> next week. Well, you guys all have a great week. I think um, we will definitely be here next week to catch you up on some of the haps um yeah but have a great week have a great week i want to be like love you but that's (laughs) That's weird weird. (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that okay see you next week bye